Rhythm, a crazy podcast about DC, with your host E-Rock and PD. When we speak up, get your geeks up, cause you know you got to get geeked up. So sit back, relax, and get comfy. Lose your mind like Solomon Grundy, and listen to a show that won't be forgotten. Coming straight out of Gotham. DC Universe, welcome to another episode of Straight Outta Gotham, episode 45. I believe that's Chili Davis. We are a fandom pop culture podcast and a proud member of the Batman Podcast Network, hosted by Batman on Film. Make sure you check out all the other great shows on the, on the network by heading over to batmanpodcastnetwork.com. Uh, lots of great Batman-oriented shows, fanboy-oriented shows, so can't go wrong with any of them. I'm your co-host from the other side of the Hudson River. I'm a senior contributor to Batman on Film. I am Peter M. Vera, and today we are recording on July 8th, 2021. And as always, we have a great show for you today. But before I get into the good stuff, I'd like to remind you, all of our faithful listeners, that if you take the time to rate and review our show on iTunes or Apple Podcasts, and we read your review on air, we will send you a special prize pack. Now let me introduce my partner in crime, the 1997 Ocean Bay Park Dune Scaling Champion in the Handstand Division. A fellow Batman on contributor, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Eric Q. Holzman. I think you got that wrong. I don't think so. My middle initial is not Q. It is. <laughs> it is because your uh, your parents were huge fans of the Mr. Magoo television show. So they named you after Mr. Magoo. <laughs> Quincy. Quincy Magoo. <laughs> Quincy? Oh, you done it again. There we go. Oh. Yeah, I don't remember much of that Dune thing. I was kind of drunk the whole time, and I don't know how you can scale a Dune doing a hands. I that's your balance is impeccable. I I mean, I was young at the time. I wasn't even no. I just turned twenty one. I was just just a young buck trying. Your to, triceps must have been insane. You know, doing my thing back then, and but I honestly don't remember that competition at all. I, I was it was Hamptons. It was just craziness, and I don't remember it so i apologize uh that one doesn't bring up any memories for me i think you have a drinking problem i am drinking now as we speak by the way i told you out of a dunkin donuts cup no it's actually wendy's okay um they have these cool new like lemonades so i was like oh let me get one is the wendy's lemonade any good pineapple mango is very good pineapple mango lemonade yes very good Okay. okay i'm enjoying it and I got home and I, I put a little vodka in it to, you know, heighten this effects and I'm feeling does, okay. Does that mean this is a vodka stream? It could be, yes. <laughs> I only, But I only drink snobby vodka. I'm drinking Grey Goose and, you know, I only drink the high-end stuff. Grey Goose, Chopin, Ciroc. Those Majorska. Are, those are the, the vodkas I drink. Popov. Popov, Yes. Belvedere, Belvedere is is a, another is high Popoff high end vodka. No, Popoff is not at all. <laughs> I was gonna it's say like, my, that's my like the mother uses that vodka sauce. <laughs> that's like the fifteen dollar, maybe ten dollar vodka. vodka. Yes, pretty much. Um, I remember when I always knew my dad liked to have martinis every night, and I always knew dirty or neat. Dirty, he liked dirty martinis. Yeah, and I always knew that it was it wasn't pay week when he had the cheap vodka. I knew it was pay week when he <laughs> when he had the good vodka. I was like, all right, you okay. got paid this week. 
the dirtier oh. the better in my opinion i love oh. filthy martinis yeah i like dirty martinis too the olive juice that's the key yes that's the perfect part i if you give me a good amount of olive i could chuck vodka like it's, <laughs> it's all about the olives for me <laughs> yeah man that um Dirty martinis are our worst thing. And then as he got older, he started to drink like sour apple ones and stuff. He got into those. I can't but, picture your father drinking um, sour apple martinis. Dude, like I said, this was after he had retired and he was kind of mellowing out. My mom liked them, so he would just drink them with her because she liked them. So <laughs> the, the but, things married men do. Yeah, right. So like <laughs> but uh I mean, I have to say they do taste better. Sour apple martinis really? do taste a little better than Dirty martinis. Dirty martinis are for people who really like to drink. Um, so yeah. But I I've I drink my dad originally would just drink regular martinis. It would just be a vodka martini, a little bit of vermouth, vodka, and then one little olive Lemon. with no juice. Okay. So on his birthday, on the day that he passed, I usually have uh, a regular martini, regular vodka martini in his honor, because that's what he did. So Fair Not to bring the show down. Sorry, folks. I didn't want to bring the show down. I was just, we got on this little tangent about drinks and vodka. And here we go. So I just came home um, from seeing Black Widow. All right, here we go. Uh, so I will First give, thoughts. I will give a very quick review on Black Widow. I don't spoiler want, free. Spoiler uh, free. Yeah, I'm not going to spoil anything. Um, Tony Stark's back. <laughs> first of all. Uh, I like it. So I'll start by saying I liked it. I thought it was a very good installment. It's not the typical Marvel formulaic movie. I'll say that. Ooh. Um, there's there's things that go on in here that aren't typical of a Marvel film. Obviously, it has all the same superhero tropes, good guy, bad guy, you know, stuff like that, of course. That's every superhero movie. But this one doesn't follow the typical Marvel formula. Uh, the cast was perfect and great. Um all of them were good. Harbor Harbor is the funny that kind of the comic relief in mm-hmm. it, but still has his his moment to shine. Um, Rachel Weisz plays a perfect role for the the character she plays, but Florence Pugh really steals the show. She's the best part of the movie for me. Um, I really loved her performance as um, Elena. Um, and if the rumors are true that she is going to be taking over as the Black Widow character in the future, I don't know if this is true or not. This has been the rumor. They are in very good hands because she is excellent. And Peachy does have a Russian accent. So <laughs> I know I that's a thing for you. So she does have that's, one. That's been a big hang up for me for a long time. <laughs> um, but as for, Scar- um, for Scarlett Johansson, I thought she was good. But I also had the feeling like she knew this was the last time she was playing Black Widow. Um, and that's one of the things about it that was a little off for me. Um, did you, did but, you get like, was it like in her performance, kind of like that? What's her name? Who played Mystique in the X Men movies? You feel like she, what's her name? Yeah, Jennifer Lawrence, Lawrence. She mailed it in. Everyone claims she mailed it in. Yeah, when she did, um, what's it called? When they did Apocalypse. Dark Phoenix. Yeah, Dark well, Phoenix. Okay. She, yeah, she kind of. I don't think it was that blatant. Um, Obviously, this this character has brought Scarlett Johansson. She was popular beforehand, but this character has made her super yeah. popular. Um, so I think she takes care of the character in the movie as well. Like she does her, she does her justice. I just feel like having seen her play her many times before, this wasn't her best performance. And as the only solo film, I wish it was. I guess that's the way I could put it. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Yeah, the one the other thing I'll say is had this come out say 10 years ago or maybe after the first Avengers film, 
something if they threw her in there in in that phase mm-hmm. i think it would have more weight i think it would have more weight for all of us like we know what happens to her now so you know we know this is not going to be something that continues where at that time we didn't know that so it might have been cool to have this movie come out then I, I don't ever just throw out the idea that they'll never make another prequel a sequel to the prequel you know like oh i won't it, it, I, I wouldn't be surprised if this movie's a hit and people love it I'm totally expecting a sequel to the prequel. Well, she's not under contract, so they would have to get her back in to play the role because her mm-hmm. contract is up. So, oh, so this is it, huh? This, this is was her, this okay. was the final swan song for her as we know it. But again, as, as we all know in comic books, people come back to life all the time, and movies, I'm sure they'll do the same thing. They could do the same thing. So, and as we know from Endgame, they created the time travel with the different timelines. And if you're not watching Loki, but Loki goes into that as well. Mm-hmm. So there's different ways they could started. Bring... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know that much at least. Yeah, so they could give yet. her they could give her a a way to come back if she wanted to play yeah. the part if they wanted her to come back. But definitely go see it. Uh, it's it was good to be back in the theaters watching a movie like this again. I'll say that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, How was the popcorn? Oh, the popcorn was great. It always tastes better at the movies. I don't know why. I make it home all the time and I eat it. But when you go to the movies, a Regal or Lowe's? I, this was a Regal. Um, Regal makes fresh popcorn. Lowe's sticks out, it hangs out for a while. <laughs> well, this I saw it in IMAX, so that nice. Regal only has uh, where I live. There's only Regal theater with IMAX. We don't have an AMC with an IMAX theater, mm-hmm. so I had to go. But um, again, definitely go see it, guys. Uh, especially the hardcore MCU fans. There's stuff in it that you're gonna be able to pick right. out and recognize. Um, and definitely stay for the end credits. The end credits scene is a very very good one. Zombie Stark. Um, so <laughs> I don't want to say anything about it, but it's Zombie very, very Stark. good. Um, as most of their end credit scenes usually are. There's been very few, like the Howard the Duck one, I think, in Guardians. That was great. Um, it was great, but it was kind of like, what is this about? But it was great to see Howard the Duck, right? So you had that. Um, just, so, yeah. I can't believe they brought back Tobey Maguire in Black Widow. That's just nuts. <laughs> yeah, none of that. <laughs> I don't I don't mean to get anyone's hopes up. Sorry, Nico. There's no Toby Maguire in, in Blackwood. But you're from what I saw on Twitter, he's watching it now. So before by the time he hears this, he's gonna know uh what's going on. But, oh dude, it heard it slaps. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but definitely go see it. This is a this is a stellar installment. It's not the fantastical one again because she doesn't have powers. So it's very much more a spy type story. Um and Ray Winstone's in it too. He's he's kind of the villain in this. Um, there's a little twist with Taskmaster. I'm not going to say what that is, but there's a little he's twist. He's Tony there. Stark. So, <laughs> so just pay attention. Oh, and go see it. Enjoy it. I know people were worried about the first time there's a Taskmaster. They're like, oh, he looks like crap. Trust me, they took care of all that in post. He I looks great. He looked pretty good, actually. That's. <laughs> I remember there being a thing like, oh, he doesn't look good, but he looks fine looks in fine the movie. Uh, but definitely go see it, and uh, you won't be disappointed. It's a def- very good summer movie, and it's a good way to start. And most people say July is really the beginning of summer movie season. Um, I don't know. I always thought it was June, but most people say July 4th weekend, so this is kind of that thing. Um, we got. I, I always say July 4th is the end of summer, because after the 4th <laughs> of July, it just flies by, and you're like, oh, it's September. So you give yourself two weeks? You give yourself two weeks of summer, and then after that, it's all done. Dude, downhill. after the 4th of July, it flies by. It really does. Every 4th of <laughs> July, after 4th of July, the summer just kind of just goes by so fast, and you're already, it's the end of August. Yeah, I mean, it, I remember when I was in school, I used to think that. 
um, when we, you know, when you're summer vacation, you're like, crap, you start counting down the days mm-hmm. at the weeks after 4th of July, <laughs> you have to go back. Um, I know in certain parts of the country though, they start school in August. So they end in early May though. So it's kind of, it's kind of a trade off. I remember when I lived in Florida, that was the case. So we had all of that. Um, but I'm not looking forward to, I don't know, this summer. I, I don't, I don't know. Whatever. How could you not be looking forward to the summer? It's already here. No, I mean like <laughs> the rest of it. I don't no. know. I don't know. I have to get to the beach. I haven't been to the beach yet. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. So sorry for tangenting, guys. Sorry for doing that. Uh, so we have a good show plan for you tonight. There's some, some, a few things we want to get to. Uh, some old news, but there's some current news that actually just happened today. So I'm going to start with that. We got word from DC that we're going to be getting, excuse me, more of the long Halloween, um, apparently. So there's a press release today that's saying that both Jeff Loeb and Tim Sale will be continuing their story. And the tagline, it says, and show that some secrets never stay buried. Um, so, Pete, I know I love the long Halloween. It's one of my favorite Batman stories. I'm sure you do as well, even though you've never read it. Uh <laughs> It's a joke that just won't die. I'm only kidding. I'm only kidding. I just had to get. I guess. I guess this is my Captain Marvel. <laughs> it'll never. It'll never escape me. Even though I own like seven different versions know, of that I story, know. and I have like, <laughs> oh jeez. <laughs> but we know you've read. Excuse me. We know you've read it. So, what you heard the news? What did you think? I'm sure you're excited. I'm excited. Uh, I'm. I'm ecstatic. Um. I I love Loeb and Sale together, and not just their DC stuff, but their Marvel stuff: Captain America, White, Spider Man, Blue, Hulk, Gray, Daredevil, Yellow. Like it's it's all just amazing. Tim Sale's artwork is so unique, and uh, I was a little upset that it didn't kind of translate over into the movie. But this is great news. Um, it's just it, it, Loeb is masterful at the ensemble cast, the uh, the real detective story, the mystery story. Um, I'm really excited for it. Uh, I can't wait to see what he has up his sleeve. Um, I'm sure it'll involve the Falcone crime family. I mean, Catwoman will be involved, I'm sure, as as, as all the other heavy hitters in Gotham City. So this it's it's just great news overall. And I wonder how much impact maybe the the movie had on them doing this. Like, there's no doubt in my mind Loeb's always had the story in the back of his head. I, I don't think as a creative person like that you you ever are finished telling a tale, right? I, you know, I'm, you know, unless you're Chris Nolan, apparently, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I always feel like Loeb and those guys are always t- at least like, oh, well, you know, like, you know, it's the next job for them. I feel like they're always freelance. So <laughs> once they stop thinking of things to do, they start running out of work. But uh, I, I'm, I'm pumped for it. I can't wait to do it. Uh, read it. Uh, Lo- Loeb and Sale together. Just it, it, you can't miss. Uh, you know, I just hope I just hope they still have it. And, uh, you know, when I when I read it, I'll judge it. But this it just gets me excited. I'm very excited and I can't wait. Yeah, Loeb even said in the press release, he says, 25 years ago, Tim Sale and I set out to tell a mystery tale of how Gotham City went from crime to freaks. He says, the result was Batman The Long Halloween. We're thrilled to be back at DC revisiting some of our favorite characters, all the while revealing that you may not know the whole story. So clearly, like you said, there was more either in his head when they wrote it or there's more has developed since. But um, oh, it's, always, it's like, what is it like Batman Earth uh, Volume 1? Uh, right. Batman Earth 1. There's no way you tell me Jeff Johns doesn't have an idea. In the, you know, like 
this is what these guys do. They just make right. stuff up. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's amazing. Like I, it's, it always amazes me. Like I've written things before fans, fantasy things. Um, but it always amazes me how these guys could just be do this and be so on point with it. And so developed. It's such a storytelling is such a, such a art in so many ways. People could tell stories, but not everyone could tell stories. Well, and that's what to me these stories are. They're just really well. Even the ones I don't love, I can at least say, well, yeah, they told the story that they wanted to tell, and it was a good story. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to this. As you said, that team is is legendary, and they're great together. So I'm really, really looking forward to this, and uh, I can't wait. Can't wait for this to come out. Yeah, this is probably the best thing to come out of you know the Netflix Marvel universe getting canceled. Right? Is <laughs> That, that well, that that was Jeff Loeb. Like yeah. he was kind of in charge of all that. So yeah. you know, like you know, one door closes, another one opens, and it's a door that was closed twenty five years ago. So it's just it's it's great to see. I, I'm I'm pumped. Like these guys are just legends, you right? Know, and just, I mean, the timing was perfect with the movie out and everything. It's on, yeah, it's like, I definitely feel like the mind. movie was like they were like, wow, yeah. people are loving this. This is great. How can we? They're like, well, we've reprinted this book how many <laughs> every right, way yeah. possible. Yeah. What can we do? And I'm sure they say, hey, Jeff, like do you have another story in you? And I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's had this story for 25 years. Yes. And that, that's what's, it's like, it's like when an artist comes out with an album, you know, and it's like, like somebody like back in the day, like Lloyd Banks, that first album was fire. It was great. Like everyone loved it. And the second album was trash. I think it was called like rotten apple. Mm-hmm. Because he's been working on this first album for 15 years, you know, like right. that's why. And then, you know, you get to a point where they just make album after album. And it's like, there, there's no, you know, there's, it's not, it's not in the oven long enough. You know, they, right. t- they took it out too early. So th- that's kind of what I think it is. He's had so much time to work on this. I'm sure he's been working on it in his spare time. I'm sure there's stuff that he wanted in that story that was probably in some daredevil stuff or, or backwards right. or vice versa. Yeah. So yeah, uh, they recycle. I mean, Snyder has a, a star Wars movie coming out that he has to rework to make it its own thing. So I'm sure that stuff like that happens all the time. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure, you know, it's just not the right time for the story to come out when they want to have it. So it gets shelved or it gets put in the back burner. Um, like you, you brought up Lloyd Banks. I could think of Dr. Dre was doing the detox album for years. And it finally, when he, he finished the album, it wasn't detox. It was Compton. And it went along with the straight out of God, a straight, sorry. See, there I go. Straight yeah. out of Compton movie. Yeah. So like, it, you know, things like that. It's just very similar that you wait a long time. You have this; they have all this music, but and in this case, have the story. In the same note, you also have Guns and Roses and Chinese Democracy, and it turned out to be horrible. Yeah, it's true. It's true. So you have some hits, you have some misses. But if you guys want to get get a really good breakdown of the actual Long Halloween, check out the Batman Book Club with Ryan Lauer and some other guy who might be talking right now that we discussed the Long Halloween. Not me. I, I talked about year one. <laughs> Yeah, Pete was the first episode with year one. I was the second episode with the Long Halloween. So check out, check that out uh, if you guys want to get a breakdown of that. I had a lot, good time with uh, with Lauer on that. So uh, shout out to Ryan again and all the great work he's doing over there. That podcast to me is incredible. And We're going to catch him in downloads one day. I hope so. I hope so. But it, he keeps getting better. That show keeps getting better. And Pete, you're on it <laughs> so much. Once a month. <laughs> <laughs> that uh you know if everyone loves hearing pete's voice go check out those podcasts it's, it's <laughs> there's awesome. many people that don't <laughs> <laughs> so we got 
we got another uh today actually another thing dropped that was very very cool it's a it's a show that we've all kind of been wondering what's it going to be about um marvel dropped the first trailer for the what if show um as we know the concept is like what if the stories that we had were told differently so um pete what did you think of the the trailer man this thing was awesome right i am so pumped for that i I mean, the possibilities are endless, and just I guess this is season one. Um, uh, Killmonger saving Tony Stark. Um, what would happen if uh, uh, T'Challa became a Ravenger? Uh, what if Peggy? Be- uh, Pe- uh, yeah, Peggy. Peggy, yeah, Peggy. I was going to say Sharon. I, I had a, I had a <laughs> live action brain fart. What if uh, uh, Peggy became uh, Captain Carter? You know, I, I was surprised they called her Captain Carter. I was like, maybe she would be like Captain Britain or something. Um, I don't know if that. I don't know. And here's the thing: like, I love the what if books. I love them. Right. You know, like. Um, what if, uh, what if like, uh, Spider-Man married black cat or whatever, like I bought a bunch of them or, you know, it, it's, they're so cool. Cause it's like, there's usually just one shot Elseworlds tales, like for you stealing a DC word. And it's just like, oh man, like it, it's great. Cause it's not in continuity. Not everyone has to get all upset, you know, <laughs> you right. know, when something yeah. crazy, like what if Spider-Man never took off the black suit or what if Spider-Man, uh, kept his six arms or what if, you know, the Hulk had a Wolverine animation like it, it, the possibilities are so cool like it and to see them finally do it and the animation style looks so awesome yes i was so impressed but what really it was the likeness of the characters and the voices i'm not sure if they, those are the actual voices or not but like it seemed like i'm curious to see like is that bozeman's voice for t'challa i know it sounded like him and then like when thor popped up i was like that sounds like hemsworth but it, it doesn't did. look like him it's not his likeness but it seemed like like Killmonger looks like Michael B. Jordan, like yes. like to a T, as did Tony Stark, like m- very much like their uh, live action counterparts. So I'm curious to see. I, I don't know. I haven't checked out IMDb. I probably should have. But um, regardless, uh, it, it just looks fantastic. And the Watcher, seeing the Watcher pop up was br- br- like, oh man, that's that's so cool. Um, I, I'm hoping to see him one day. Uh, I mean, we saw them in uh, what, what movie was it? Oh man. It was uh, it was a Guardians movie, wasn't it? Well, yeah, he was in that. Yeah, we saw that. So, like, I'm hoping to see them more in the MCU, uh, and it's just cool to see. And just, I'm just, I'm just pumped. Like, this is just awesome stuff. This, this is, this is the Marvel stuff I can't wait to watch. Is this what if stuff? Yeah, I mean, the first seat, that first shot you get of the Avengers, and it has T'Challa there, and like you said, the yeah. um, Captain Carter and. Uh, has um, and they do the shot Star and it becomes the, the the guardians, you know, yeah, like, like you see Star Lord and yeah. Sigamore, yeah. It's 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 really interesting. I'm really looking forward to this and seeing exactly where they go with it and and the what ifs they yeah. choose to the stories to tell because, like you said, um, this is something fresh and something new, and uh, as you, we all know, sometimes Marvel can be very rote. Um, by rote they're very much um they they have a formula they stick to it so sometimes that could get a little boring but this won't be um and none of their shows have been actually so i, I when it comes to the tv side they've been doing something doing things very very differently yeah so i hope that this continues that um and yeah it's just it's just a cool idea to play around with like it, it's very very uh, like you said there's comic books that, that have this these storylines and similar storylines it's going to be cool to see it on screen and see how it unfolds, but I'm really looking forward to it. Uh, they've so far, every television 
thing they've done I've liked. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping this is just another one added to the list and uh, we get more good content. So Yeah, it's it's just I, I give them so much credit. The animation reminds me of like Archer and uh, Invincible. Yes. It's, yes. it's got that with that with that thick uh, stroke around the characters and everything. And I'm just I'm just pumped. Like, this is a cool idea. I give yes. them so much credit for doing this. So speaking of TV projects that are, we got a trailer for Marvel. There's there was some news that came out about another HBO Max project, the long developmental project of Batgirl. Um, so a little bit of news came out. Uh, new character details, description of the the film's villain. It's going to be a film, right? So, it's, but it will be on HBO yeah. Max. I know the website was in question, but I, I I reached out to some people and they said that that is the right casting call. So. <laughs> We don't have to mention the website because it's questionable, but uh, it, the <laughs> casting, it, it, it comes from a casting grid and, and it's, it's legit. So that's cool. And so, yeah. you know, so um, the guys who did bad boys for life, as we know, uh, Bilal Falah and Adil El Arby are going to be directing this. We know Christina Hodson, of course, who wrote birds of prey and the flash and bumblebee. Um, she is writing it. And uh, there's just, <clears throat> There's a little bit, a little blurb that came out that they're hoping to take the audience on a fun ride. It says Christina's script is crackling with spirit. They have a lot of energy involved in the project. Mm-hmm. So, um, anytime we get this kind of news about projects we've been hearing, and then we get more news on them, I'm always like, okay, that's great because, you know, we've heard many times we've heard stories, oh, this is going to happen, and then it doesn't. So the fact that we're getting more news on Batgirl, um, we don't have a release date yet. Uh, but it does seem that this is going to happen. So very, very cool. Very cool yeah. Stuff. I'm really excited to see this. Um, I'm curious cause I know one of the characters that they were casting is commissioner Gordon. So I'm curious to see where this takes place. Uh, it does JK Simmons get recast. Does it take place in that universe? Where is this Batgirl? Who knows? I don't know. Like we know it doesn't take place in the Titans universe. That's about, that's about all we know. It's, it doesn't. It's not Barbara Wilson um, <laughs> from Batman and Robin. So, and it does not seem to be the the Batgirl uh, Oracle from the old uh, Birds of Prey TV show. So uh, we don't know where it fits and that's fine. And I'm excited. That's part of the anticipation of it. Right. And, uh, you know, I, I, you know, I think these guys are some pretty cool directors. I thought they did a the hell of a job with the Bad Boys movie. Yes. I like that movie. You know, I, I went in there not expecting to like it and I did. And, uh, so I'm excited and, you know, uh, the writer, Ms. Hodson, uh, she hasn't written a movie I haven't liked. You know, I, I'm a big fan of, big fan of Birds of Prey. Uh, Bumblebee was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, so between her and Andy, I think the flash will be pretty good. Uh, so like, I, I think, uh, I think this will be pretty good. I'm, I'm just, I'm excited. I, I like what she does and I think she's got a grasp on these DC characters. Right. And yes, obviously we know the main villain is going to be Firefly. So that's cool. Which is cool. Well. And Firefly has been rumored for uh, the Matt Reeves movie for a while. Like, so we know they've been trying to bring that character to the screen. And, uh, it, it, you know, it's cool. Firefly is one of my favorites going back to Batman, the animated series. It just quite, I always liked, uh, um, he's escaped my name right now, but, uh, the stunt man, you know, I, I just, I thought it was a cool angle, you know, the Hollywood stunt, <laughs> the stunt guy who gets shunned and Garfield Lynn. Yeah. Mr. Lynn's that's it. Lynn's Yes. Um, yeah, I liked Firefly, you know, and, uh, I'm just, 
I'm excited that they're doing things with, you know, these other characters. I, I understand people get a little upset, like, yo, I spent too much in Gotham. There's too many bat stuff, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, like, I, I don't mind seeing Oracle on Titans. And I, I think it's really cool to see Batgirl kicking ass on, on uh, HBO Max. So I'm ready to go. Like, it's just it, it's just cool. Like, everyone's worried about DC's plan. Here's the plan. We're making Batgirl go. Like, that, that's it. That's the plan. Like, exactly. sit back, enjoy the movie. Use your head cannon, fit it to whatever continuity you want. Who cares? I don't care. You know, I'm just going to sit back and enjoy the film. Exactly. I mean, you know, it's time. I think it's time to have these other characters explored. And, uh, you know, she's one that a lot of people know. Even people in the mainstream have heard of Batgirl before. So it's going to be, I think it's going to be interesting to see what they do with the show. And I'm sorry, the movie and how they develop it and where they go with it. But like you said, Hudson is great. And, uh, you know, this is pro- hopefully we'll get. I, I think it's cool that they're bringing this, these names, you know, Hudson, like her going HBO, like she's a movie writer yes. and now she's writing shows for HBO. That's, I think that's a good thing. That's a good sign in my opinion. You know, it, it's good for her. It's good for HBO max. It's good for the quality of the, sh- uh, the movie. I keep calling it a show. Cause I think HBO, I think it's shows. Exactly. I do too. I'm so I think it's, I think it's, uh, I think it's bold. And I think it's great. And she's a hot direct uh, writer. So let's just, let's just go. Like I'm, I'm ready. I, I can't wait to see what the suit looks like. I can't wait to see who they cast and what role. Like, let's, let's just get it popping. Yeah, if the Flash is, is is a good movie, she is going to be in a really good space. <laughs> yeah, Christina Hudson be in a really good space. So I think she just I think she got caught a bad break with Birds of Prey between COVID and between the name of the movie and it being R rated. You know, like I, I don't think she kind of you know, and the haters for whatever reason. We all know the reason. Yeah, um, there's. Mm-hmm. So I, I think she caught a bad break with that, but I, th- I thought that movie was phenomenal. I love it. It's movie. a really good movie. It's 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 different, but it's yeah. a good different. It's a really good movie. I enjoyed it the first time I saw it. So and what they did with Cassandra Kane doesn't really bother me. Nope. They t- movies take liberties all the time. Um, artistic license. It happens all the time. So you know, I'm just looking forward to seeing what they do with Batgirl, uh, and hopefully, it, it's another hit. Speaking of DC, we had another bit of news come out recently um, from the mind of J.J. Abrams. He seems to be all over the place lately when it comes to this. And he's bringing DC Comics' Madam X to HBO Max, along with Angela Robinson, who, um, what's it called? Where was she from? I'm losing my mind here. Um, She did The L Word, uh, Professor Marston, and The Wonder Women. I don't. I haven't watched either of those, but those are projects that she's known for. Um, I do, so I don't really know much about her. But um, she apparently was involved with remaking Flashdance, the movie Flashdance. Yeah. So, uh, Madame X is kind of the is in the Justice League Dark Universe as we know. So, um, there's talks about they're doing a Constantine show. There's talks about her being involved in that somehow as well. So, trying to build a little bit of uh, of a universe behind that, and um. I don't know much about Madame X. I have to say, I don't know if you do, Pete, but Madame Xanadu, yeah, she's kind of like, uh, kind of like this witch doctory, spooky fortune teller type vibe. She fits really, really well, like you said, in the Justice League Dark. Anyone who's watched Swamp Thing, she was portrayed beautifully in that uh, short-lived show. See, I knew I should have watched that show. You got to watch the show; it's actually phenomenal. Um, it's a sin that it was not uh, renewed. Uh, so, and I really like that interpretation of what they were doing. So I'm really interested to see what goes on here. Um, JJ is a force to be reckoned with. Uh, I, I, 
I mean, I trust the guy. Let's see what he can do. It, this is going to be cool, mythical, you know, ghosts and goblins, as uh, Harvey <laughs> Dent would say in Batman 89. So it, it, it could, uh, it really could open up possibilities for kind of like that, uh, just that magical element. We know that uh, they want to do somewhat of a Zatanna movie. And, right, they're know, having that, so yeah. So they're, they're kind of exploring that. And, you know, the MCU has a success with Doctor Strange. So it's definitely something that people are yearning for. And I'm all about it. Like, again, like taking risks with lesser known characters. Like, I thought it was cool to see Madame Xanadu in Swamp Thing. The fact that she's getting her own show is kind of crazy to me. Like, it can be kind of like this ghost story conjuring Ouija type stuff. You know, it can be, it can be really funky. And I'm, I'm looking really forward to it. Right. They definitely seem to be top tapping into the Justice League dark side of things. Um, you know, as we as I said, JJ Abrams is not only in Bad Robot is his company. Um, they're doing a Constantine series. So, um, you know, tying that into Madame X and maybe mm-hmm. something with Satana going on. And you have a lot of that, um, a lot of that involved in this. And it seems that they, they're going for that kind of an angle. Um, man, Abrams, like just keep thinking too. He's doing the Batman animated Batman series with Matt Reeves. He's doing the new Superman film. (laughs) So he, his imprint on DC is going to be large, uh, going forward. So, um, there's a reason why he got paid all that money. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. So hopefully, um, this is good. I, I like these kinds of stories. I love Constantine. Like I, I love that story. I love his story. Did you watch the show on NBC? Um, I never did, and I kicked myself because people tell me all the time it was good. It looked you cheesy the it, first man. time I saw it, so it I didn't watch it. Was, it. it was it's um, crazy, man. It's pretty. But dark. I like the Keanu movie. Um, I might James be the minority. Wan does too. Actually, he's a big fan of that movie. So, I mean, I you know I want to. I like the character. I like magic and dark mist and all that stuff. I like that kind of stuff. So, I'm all for this. Um, the more we get of this stuff, the uh, the better I, I am. The better I feel. So let's see where they go with this because, uh, again, there's a lot of DC stuff coming out, and JJ's JJ's heading a lot of it. So got a lot of stuff. Good coming Good sign, up. if you ask me. Yeah, having a talented filmmaker like him involved. Yeah, I know he's he's controversial now because of the Star Wars stuff, but who is it? Who? I, I'm, everyone. I'm going to defer to Rick Shue. <laughs> Every everyone involved in Star Wars is controversial. So it doesn't matter. Uh, I'm looking forward to this and um, all the DC content, all of it that's coming. I'm really looking forward to. So keep it coming, guys. I'm I'm gonna watch. I don't know about anyone else, but I will watch. So there's a couple funny, cute things that we heard about. Um, one of them I thought was kind of interesting was Jordan Ross Schindler um, tweeted that they're writing a musical based on Scream. <laughs> How cool is that? <laughs> So I like musicals. I know not everybody does. I am a fan of musicals. I grew up, uh, I have seven older sisters, so I grew up with musicals in my house. So I'm very, very much a fan of them. And I always like when you get these musicals that are based off of things that you wouldn't think musicals come from, like Spider-Man, of that Spider-Man one that was out. Uh, I never thought we'd get a musical about Spider-Man, but there we go. We got one. So, um... This is kind of to me in the same type of deal. Uh, Scream obviously is a is a it's a horror movie, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, and having a musical with mixed in with a horror type thing, I think is going to be incredible. So, it's interesting. Uh, right? it's, it's just good timing too, because uh, Scream Five today, uh, one of the co-directors posted on Twitter is is done. 
I did uh, see that. Yes. So it's we got a, a lot of good scream stuff coming. Uh, this musical's just. I'm like you, just like, oh wow, you guys are really going for it. This is really interesting. Okay, yeah. um, I can't wait to see what it's about. What are you know, like, what do they do? What don't they do? Uh, you know, like, is it is it just Scream One? Is it a combination of the four previous movies? I I don't know. So it's it just you know the questions are going to be answered, and now there's just the anticipation. But I you know I think it's a really great idea. A lot of times with these kind of musicals, you get serious and spoofy at the same time like mm-hmm. they'll throw in a little bit of each uh to keep the uh, the each is that like a special <laughs> word or not each of each sorry a little bit of each that vodka's kicking in yeah it might be um so a lot of times they do that with these kinds of musicals so maybe it'll be something along those lines mm-hmm. but this is one of the stories when you said the rundown i'm like that's really interesting yeah i'm really really looking forward to did see you it. ever watch any of the scream tv show on mtv I didn't, and that's another one I kicked myself about. Because I, I watched the first two seasons, and I really enjoyed it. That and Teen Wolf. Everyone told me Teen Wolf was great, too. I never watched that. Um, so I don't know. Uh, but I love Scream, so I probably should check it out, at least watch some of it. What are your What's your ranking of Scream movies for the first four, obviously? Oh. Um, hmm. One, obviously, is first. Uh, then I think two, then probably four, then three. Okay, I go one, four, three, two. One, I four, three, like two. two. Okay, all right. Um, yeah, that's probably the right. Those are the rankings I would have. Fair enough. Uh, I really like the fourth one. I was like, what oh, about man, I know what you did last summer? I'm kidding. We don't need to go. Into oh, I love that. <laughs> they only made one of those movies. No, they made two. They only made one of those movies. <laughs> You didn't. You didn't care for the one with Mackay Pfeiffer and Brandy and, and Jack Black playing Jack Black, the white yeah. dude with dreadlocks smoking weed. Oh no. man, that one was stupid. That I was so even, bad. It was bad. The only good thing I was like, Will Benson, Will Benson. I know. Uh, oh God, dude, it's so on the nose. I know. It's the I only know. good it, thing. I know. That's how bad it is. It really is bad. I, I love the to... first movies. First movie's great. I've actually oh. been meaning to buy the book. I've never read the book. I haven't either. But no, you're right. The 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 first one is very good. The first mm-hmm. one is that was the time when all these movies came out. That was the same time, and we had each 90s, different. Yeah. We had two different Party of Five <laughs> members heading up both <laughs> both of the movies. I loved uh, Party of Five. Yes, oh my god, that's both, one of my favorite um, shows. Yep. You had Jennifer Love Hewitt with I Know What You Did Last Summer and Nev Campbell with Scream. What are you waiting for, huh? Oh, God. What are you waiting for? That was the first time I saw Freddie Prince Jr. I'm like, you know what? I'm actually, if I'm actually correct, I read this uh, uh, not too long ago. That scene, I believe it was either directed by a child or he 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 told them how to do the scene. Like there was yes. a kid on set, and he's like, "Well, why don't we do it like this?" And they that's that scene I believe was directed by. A ch- yeah, oh. it was, someone won a contest, I think, yeah. or something like that, and they weren't able to to give that scene to them. They got a copy of the script and they were able to put in a scene that they wanted, and that was the scene that won. Um, right after she she hears the crabs in her trunk, and then they go there, and there's no crabs there. Oh, why do I remember these scenes? I, I don't lo- know. But, I love that movie. I don't care. But I do. I remember them. So, what was the other guy who gets killed at the at the theater? What's his name? His real name? What is his name? At the theater? 
like whatever. What's his girlfriend's performing and he gets killed on the top. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, Ryan Phillippe. Yes, that's it. Yeah, no, it was just <laughs> '90s heartthrobs. They were all '90s. <laughs> yes, yes. You had Buffy the Vampire Slayer, Sarah Michelle Gellar in that movie, and mm-hmm. yes, yeah, Freddie Prince Jr. and yeah, and eventually, yeah. and then. You had the scream. <laughs> I know what you did last summer, a combination of Freddie Prince Jr., Sam Michelle Geller, and Matthew Lillard in Scooby-Doo. <laughs> That's true. It all it all comes together. It's like six degrees of, of yeah, horror movies. Just, yeah, they're just solving murders in different ways now. <laughs> oh, I love when we go on these tangents. It's fun. Um, but yes, so again, back to the original point, Scream Musical. Look out for that, guys. If you obviously, if you live in the New York area, we should probably pay more attention because that's probably where it'll come out first. Yeah, (laughs) it might be the first musical I see post pandemic. So we will see. So a couple of trailers came out that, for me personally, are were like, forget it. Uh, The first one, of course, is Masters of the Universe Revelation Part One. Mm -hmm. Um. If you guys follow me on Twitter, you you see when it got posted, I just said, "Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god." That, that was my tweet attached to the 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 trailer. Someone's excited. Um man, watching that trailer, my 7, 6, 7, 8-year-old self was just going crazy. Like it was just so it's just so awesome to see this coming back. Um someone who I know liked it as well, Kevin Smith doing it. Uh, so I know he's going to take care of the characters and this concept of the story that they're putting up is very, very cool and good. And um, the art's good. I like the voice cast. Um, they're including a bunch of characters. Uh, looks like we're going to get a couple different versions, maybe a Skeletor. Like there's a lot of things that this trailer shows you, but still doesn't give up everything. Um, but for some, I was going to watch anyway, but this just got me even more hyped. So, Pete, as someone who's not a huge He-Man, Master of the Universe fan, did this trailer make you want to watch it? Yeah, it seems really cool. It, uh, I, I don't, you know, I feel like I just missed that uh, that boat with uh, Masters of the Universe, but uh, this just seems really crazy. Like, who is that guy with the rotating eye? <laughs> that thing was cool. I was like, oh, that, that guy was What do you think his name is? I, I don't know. Eyeball Man? Like, I know they have crazy names. Like, I know, I know it's like a lot of the names are like on the nose. So I have no idea what that guy's name is. Um, yes. Uh, rotating eye. I don't know. One okay. Bandit? He has three eyes, three eye man that rotate. That, you don't even have a guess, a better no, guess than I that. No, I, no. What is it? Triclops, Triclops, oh not Cyclops. Triclops. Amazing. Amazing. And then the talking tiger that was green. I was like, Oh look, that's beast boy. <laughs> well <laughs> that was cool and uh just seeing you know what's his name prince philip turn into he-man like that was i don't, I don't know his real name i'm sorry prince adam prince okay adam. there you go uh yeah i thought that was cool and i just you know anything with mark hamill's worth my attention so i didn't yeah. know skeletor had like a, a mask well that's that's what i mean like there's there's references in this trailer that of things that aren't as popular that people would know from the characters. So they mentioned, they mentioned gray skull. And what was the other one? Um, mountain. I'm forgetting the mountain. Yeah. Snake, snake mountain. Snake sorry. mountain. I was like, Oh, I've never heard of that. that. Yeah. I was like, okay. So like, that's where Skeletor's layer is snake mountain. So, so who, who's that castle gray skull? 
the sorceress is the purveyor of it, and that's where He Man goes. Okay, I for some reason I thought Skeletor was in the skull. He always tries. Well, he that's part of the story. Like he tries to take it over. Like it's part of the story. Don't you'll see it. You'll watch oh, it. Watch it. I'm just like I'm like oh wow, this is interesting. It's it's, it's just really cool. And uh, I remember from the toys that made us. You know, they literally were just like, yeah, we just. We just named him whatever. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. <laughs> well, the, so. the best thing about that, that of the thing I always remember with the naming of, in that one is they wanted to call Merman Seaman. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, there was an issue with calling a character yeah. Seaman or Seaman. So what are you going to do? What are you going to do? But that's the one thing from that show that I'll never forget. Uh, was that part because I remember just smiling like yeah I knew that story it was kind of that's <laughs> funny but yeah so guys I'm a big He-Man fan Master of the Universe fan um, so definitely go watch this and look out for a new podcast from here to Returnia that I will be doing with Garrett Grev from Batman on film as well finally these two guys get to you know yes. unload <laughs> <laughs> on on this show and we're going to do a couple of we might do an episode before we do our actual review of the show um which which goes into the history of master of the universe and what it stemmed from and maybe some of the topics of the old from the old shows i want to hear garrett's top five so, he-man action figure oh they have some they're also simple the names are also simple but they have some pretty cool ones too yeah i'm sure so i wish I could just say I have the power and I can turn into Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like, <laughs> we all do. That's like the coolest part of the show. Yes, we me. all we all hope that one day we can find a sword. Like, that I, I wish I could go from looking like Nico to looking like Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> and that's pretty much what happens. At least in at least in this version, right? Because the original cartoon, he always looks like yeah, he's big, man. Like yeah. he's a bigger guy. And he just wears like what, a, a purple vest or something. He wears a purple vest with like this white t-shirt. Shakespearean. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, but in this, he actually looks like he's 14 <laughs> when he uses the sword. Yeah, that's I kind of, yeah. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm going to so. check this out definitely. And because it's Netflix, it'll all be out at once. So I could just right. binge it. And if I like it, I'll just, you know, cram through. Right. Well, sticking in the Netflix world. Another trailer came out for another one of my favorite childhood um, toy lines or cartoons, which is trans- which is Transformers. Yes. So there, there's been two. This The War for Cybertron was a trilogy that they did. There's, there's two before this. Um, and this one is called Kingdom. And what they introduced, what they do in the last one is they kind of introduce the Beast Wars. And mm-hmm. in this trailer, they show you more of that like they include more of the beast wars characters that that were in um transformers and it's kind of weird that they're doing this and we just got this as well after last week getting (laughs) the the live action one where they're going to be including the the beast wars characters so i love the first two um netflix the war for cybertron stuff i love the first two i thought they were great and very well done so i'm really looking forward to this now um, this trailer just adds more and more of what we saw from that. It's all Generation One look. It's all Generation One look. To beautiful, me. looks beautiful. Um, yeah, so I'm really looking forward to the the, the ending of this because they left it kind of on a cliffhanger, and so I'm looking forward to the end. The the sorry, the last installment of this trilogy. 
So, Pete, did you watch the trailer? And if you, you did, you bet your ass I did. I, I love that noise. I am so pumped for this. You know, I love Beast Wars. Beast Wars uh, right. was, you know, the right age for me. I mean, I love G One. Don't get me wrong, but Beast Wars is is also like they go hand in hand for me. Like I, I I can't really say I like one more than the other. I love them both equally. So to see Optimus Prime and Optimus Primal fight right. is really yeah. cool. Uh, to see Cheetor back, I love Cheetor. I just I, I'm so pumped for this. It, it I am so excited because. One of my favorite parts in Beast Wars was when they find the Ark and the fact that I get to see, you know, the Maximals and the Autobots together is really like, really, because like, I'm always sitting there <laughs> as a kid. And I was like, Optimus is going to wake up. Optimus is going to wake And he never really did. Spoiler alert, Eric. But, um, <laughs> you know, it, it's it's utterly fantastic. I, I am so, I might be exci- more excited for this than the movie. I have to watch the first two or were they movies or are these TV shows? Or are they seasons? They're seasons. They're are they long? Are they twenty episodes? Like, is this um, going to take time? Or like, I can are they like kind of like Disney Plus things? Uh no, they're all at once. No, no, but like, like, are, is it like an eight episode thing or is it like a twenty episode thing? Um, I don't remember. I might be getting this confused with the Transformers Prime show I watched. Now that I think right. about it, I gotta check it out. If it's still on Netflix, I'll check it out and I'll watch. They them are. All. They're the first two are the first two are still on Netflix. Yes, but you so. know, I, you know, like just like Bumblebee to bring back the the Bumblebee. I said Bumblebee, Bumblebee <laughs> to bring back the G one design is just like oh, love it. I'm so excited. Uh, I don't think I saw Jazz in the trailer. I did not. Jazz is my favorite Autobot, so I, I obviously I was upset when they killed him, Michael Bay. That's one of my big negatives with you. Um, uh, so I would uh, I would <laughs> hope to see Jazz at some point in the show. He is my favorite. So yes, um, followed right by uh, Ironhide. I hope so. Too. Well, Ironhide's in it, but I hope I do hope we get um, get Jazz. Be, I don't remember. I can't recall if he's in it. Um, I don't remember him being in it though. How could he not be in it? He's the number I know. two. I don't know. I don't know. I know Ratchet's in it. Um, Ironhide, Bumblebee, Bumblebee obviously. obviously. Um, but that's and then they have like Alita One, who was mm-hmm. the female. Mm-hmm. You know, she's in it. Um, and a couple of other ones, and then they have the last, the season before had all these, um. Like the Decepticons were building more more Decepticons, and they were kind of a big part of it. That the, they were like slaves, and the Autobots liberated them. And watch it; it's it's interesting. That part's interesting, question. But who was like the dark version of Prime? Who is that character? Because that I I don't think I've ever seen that character before. I don't recall a dark Prime either. Um, so I'm wondering okay, if it's cool. some kind of a mental because uh, he looked just like Optimus. Optimus. I was like, oh man, this is. This is weird. I was, well, you know, weird in the sense of like, oh, I don't know who you are. Like, I'm, I'm, in, uh, you know, color me intrigued. I mean, I think I remember in, yes, sorry, now I'm recalling. There were in Generation One, there's one called Nemesis Prime, and he's kind of the dark opposite okay. of Optimus Prime. Um, so that's probably who that is, but I don't know for certain if that's the case. Um, yeah, I was thinking about because he's kind of not all black, he's got some silver in and stuff, but it, yeah, you know. But it was interesting. I never, I never saw that character before, so I'm just, I'm like, hey, uh, I, I can't wait for this. This sound, this looks so cool to me. Yeah, so I'm definitely looking forward to this. The first two, like I said, were excellent. 
Um, so I'm really looking forward to this one. Staying in the same kind of area, we got word that Ron Perlman will be voicing Optimus Primal in the Transformers Rise of the Beasts live action movie. Um, now we all know Ron Perlman. He was on the show many, many years ago, the first Beauty and the Beast TV show. But you'll know him as Hellboy as well. Um, he Blade Two, right? He, he was in Blade, Blade Two. two. I forget that guy's name. Um, so he will be voicing Optimus Primal, who you just mentioned. I think he was in Alien action. Resurrection too. He's been in everything. Yeah, yeah he I mean he he kind of play, he's kind of typecast as that up. kind of guy. Tough guy. Um, he's a tough guy. Yeah, he plays the tough guy in a lot of films. So, um, but I was happy to also hear that for the um, Generation One character that Peter Cullen will still be Optimus Prime. So, I was happy to hear that in this article. Is well. Peter article Cullen like will, will he ever not be Optimus Prime? Let's be honest. When he dies, like, <laughs> until that very sad day. Yeah, like that's I can't imagine anyone else playing him. Um, but yeah, so. This is the first, obviously, as we know, we spoke about this thing last episode, that this will be the first live action Transformers movie since Bumblebee, uh, who we both liked very much. So, um, yeah. So we, Ron Perlman is back. and Yeah, I'm excited. I love Perlman. He's uh, Clayface. I believe he was also Clayface in Batman Animated Series. So, you know, he's, yes. Ron Perlman's been all over my childhood. He's one of my favorites. <laughs> um, yeah. Really so excited. Been- yeah, so it's always cool when you get like big names. He would have made a great Deathstroke. Added to well, at one point he would have. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, now we have Joe. Uh, hopefully he gets a shot. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Don't hold your breath. I won't hold my <laughs> breath, but you never know. We'll Anything's see. possible. Just so we got another extra. trailer of something that I know. I have been waiting for as a fan of the show. I know you're a big fan of the show too. Of course, I'm talking about the many saints of Newark and of course is the prequel to the Sopranos. Um, this trailer came out last week, I think, or maybe a week before, Yeah. but uh, man, first I want to say how much of uh, Gandolfini's son looks like him. Um, that was the first thing I noticed when I, when I first saw the clips of the trailer. I had never seen him before. I don't know if that's wrong with me, but I'd never seen him before. So, but man, this, this thing looks really good. Vera Farmiga playing, um, Livia, mm-hmm. Olivia, um, perfect casting. I mean, we finally get to see a little Dickie Moltisanti. You get to Fine, see the legend that is Dickie Moltisanti. Exactly. You get to see him. You get to see a young uncle junior. Um, I'm trying to think of anyone else that stuck out. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Ray Liotta. Yes, the old uh, old man de Mayo. Right. right, that's the thing, and like that's the thing that I'm really actually excited for is to see that character because that character was, I believe, he was sick while in prison before trial. Tony took over his family, right, right. while he was yeah. awaiting trial, and you never see the character again. Nope. Um, you know, he it, I, well, actually, no. Tony doesn't take over. What's his name takes over? Um, uh, Jackie. Uh, Jackie. Jackie April. Yes, Jackie. Jackie Senior takes over the family. Jackie dies, and so there's like that transition of power within like the first couple episodes of Sopranos, and you never, you know, you don't, you know, you don't really right. see Old Man DeMeo. Um, so that's really cool. Uh, just I'm pumped. Uh, uh, what's her name looks just like Olivia. I think they did something to her in post. Vera <laughs> Farmiga. Yeah, I, which is fine. I, cause I I thought she looked great. Um, 
but yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I wanted, to, it's like, you know, I'm just, I can't wait to see young Sill, young Paulie, young pussy. Uh, who else? Uh, Will man. we see a young Carmella? I don't know. I don't know. They, know, right? they were, I believe they were high school sweethearts. If that's the old rumor and that's cool. Maybe, maybe that's something that we find towards the end of the movie. Maybe Carmella moves into town. I don't know, <laughs> uh, but it, it, it's, it's really cool. And, uh, you know, uh, David Chase is back in a big way. This thing looks gritty and just mafioso to the core, like in line with anything that Scorsese's done. Like it looks that good. Um, and it just, you know, <laughs> my home state of Jersey it yeah. just looks absolutely beautiful. Does. Um, you know, taking place during the race riots, uh, in, you know, in Newark, that's, that's, that's a, that's a big thing. Um, and yeah, again, you get, the legend even, that is Dickie Moltisanti. Like I yep. finally get to see what this guy's all about. Right. You even, I mean, you even get, you even get Frank Lucas mm-hmm. as if, as people know, he ran Harlem, but if you saw the movie American gangster that with Denzel Washington, that's who he played. Um, So you get, there's, he's in this. So they keep it real kind of having real people um, from real life involved in this, in this story. Yeah. Um, yeah, it looks excellent. Like, as you said, it looks gritty. Obviously everything was shot on location. It's so clear to see. Um, nothing looks like a set, the clothes perfect for the time period. Hairstyles. Hairstyles, Yeah. yeah, Like everything was just really well done. And man, David Chase is, I wish he did that guidance counselor talk to Livia. Like her accent is so Jersey. I was like, wow, they did a phenomenal job. Just everything is everything just seems so authentic. And I don't expect anything less from David Chase. Exactly. I don't. He's that guy, man. I wish he did more stuff because he everything he does I seem to like. So I, I, I he's don't know. he's one of those guys, like I said earlier, where like the story is always there, but he takes his time to get it right, you know? Yeah. He's just he's incredible. This trailer was incredible. I've been we've been hearing about this movie for so long. Um, I actually almost to a point never really thought it was going to happen. Like he seemed to put off making a movie for so long. And the theme of putting this film within the race riots of Newark really seemed to inspire him a little bit. So I'm interested to see as to what made, you know, cause it's, it's, it's an interesting little turn. Like he's young. Anthony Soprano seems like a good kid. Who's just kind of like trying to figure his way out. And, you know, the, the, the glitz and glamor of crime just really appeals to him. So I, I, I'm really looking forward to see what makes Tony Soprano. I'm so interested to see this. Right. It's going to be interesting to see all the characters we know from the show influence him as a young guy and how he gets to the place where he gets to be the Tony that we know from the Soprano show. And again, having his son play him is was just great. I'm sure they could have picked somebody else, but uh, that was the only thing that kind of made me nervous. I'm like, can this kid act like that? That's the only thing, but I think he, I think he's done a, what, from what I've seen that, I mean, he's, he's doing it and he's doing yeah. a job. And again, if David chase believes in him, I got no reason not to. Yes. hundred percent. I agree. Like you said, this guy, that guy seems everything he touches seems to be gold. So, Looking forward to this. This was another one that was postponed because of the pandemic. So we're finally getting to see this one, and I'm so looking forward to it. Same. All right, so we got some. Other, we got another little bit of news um, today about Comic-Con and how both Marvel and DC are going to skip San Diego Comic-Con, I believe, um, this year. 
Mm-hmm. And you brought up a good point. And because we have fandom, because DC has that, I mean, Marvel has that investor, or Disney has that investor's call now where they release all this information. And D23. Yep, and D23. Will we no longer have a Hall H type atmosphere at Comic Con where DC and Marvel, and I mean, Star Wars too, because they're involved usually at that Hall H, where they release the big movie stuff and the big stuff that's coming out? Yeah. Uh, it's something like, you know, some people say that the streaming stuff won't last, but that, remember, this is a streaming age. I think this will have some kind of staying power. Will DC do streaming only events? I don't know, but I, I do think that Hall H will change dramatically, even if DC and Marvel decide and Star Wars to decide to have their own conventions for their thing. You know, I I don't think this is the end of Comic-Con. Comic-Cons are great. Um, Comic-Cons are more than just the movies. Yes. They've always been that way. Um, and, it, and this may be a blessing in disguise for comic for San Diego Comic-Con because of Hall H it's overcrowded. People wait in those lines. A lot of people go there just for the movies and this may kind of water that down a little bit and you may have just me personally, like Eric, you know why I go to Comic-Cons. I, I buy action figures. I, I hang yes, out with vendors. Do. I buy, you know, I buy comic books, you know, even when I do go to New York Comic-Con, I, I don't really pay too much. I, I go to see, hang out with the vendors and stuff. That's like my thing. So it might lighten that load and that might be a good thing for those fans. And, uh, you know, the studios are always trying to beat the leaks. Um, you remember, uh, when suicide squad came out, they released that trailer, I think within a few hours, maybe the next day. Uh, so we had that and that was kind of like the start of this. And now the pandemic may have forced some people's hands and that's why we have fandom. Um, but yeah, I don't think comic cons going away, but I do think the way that big 10 pulp movies, are announced is going to change whether that is you know at uh, investors calls at d23 at a fandom um i think they're why would they you know like if you can spend some time with us why would you why would we want you to spend some time with them for these things exactly like when you if you're doing your own thing you're obviously much more in control of what actually goes on and, and presenting it you're not slotted into a time slot you have the whole day so you can decide what you want to do for yourself like it makes more sense as a company for them to do, and they can um, show more like this, right? They can show more of their own stuff. Um, obviously, there will be some studios that will show at, um, will show at Hall H. Sony, right? So you might see Sony there. Um, who else? Maybe you'll see. Uh, what's it called? Indiana Jones. Who does it? Lucasfilms. That's well. That's the that's Disney. Disney. So, yeah, that's fine. So I don't know. Um. But I'm sure we'll see we'll, things are changing. We'll see some of them, yeah, yeah. But you know, th- like I said earlier, this could be a blessing in disguise. Kind of, you know, just <laughs> everyone always complain. You know, if you talk, if you listen to uh, you know Jet talk, he hasn't. Been, <laughs> he, he, you know, the last time Comic Con was manageable was 2007. He didn't have to wait in line for a Superman Returns panel and trailer. Um, and things changed very drastically after that. So. Maybe things will kind of revert to a calmer status. That, that's cool. I've, I'm still going to go to San Diego one day. I was, I was planning on doing it last year. <laughs> Obviously, things happened, so I couldn't, couldn't do it this year. They're still at home, but uh, San Diego Comic Con and the Gas Lamp District are, are totally bucket list uh, for me. I, I will do it before my life's over. <laughs> Well, hopefully that's a long time, Pete. So you have many, many years. I hope I get there next year. I hope I go four times before my life's over. <laughs> yeah. I, f- I feel like I'm the king of New York Comic Con. I might as well try to invade uh, San Diego. <laughs> 
So the last thing I want to talk about uh, was we got another trailer for a movie that's a documentary that's going to be on Amazon about Val Kilmer. Um, it's called Val. And the interesting, interesting thing about it is he loves he loved the video camera so much that he has tons and tons of footage of stuff from his life. And obviously the trailer goes through the different characters he's played, the different movies he's been in. Um, and how he pretty much video documented his life. And he would take his video camera all these places. Um, and obviously we know, sadly, he has throat cancer. And now he has to speak with a with a voice thing. I, I don't know what they're called. Um, but I didn't know that about him. Like, I didn't know that that's what he was a big video guy. And just, mm-hmm. I mean, you would think as an actor, you know, you're on camera all the time. So you wouldn't want to be on camera or bring your own camera because if you're constantly on camera then you have no time for yourself but no man this guy truthfully loved being on screen and uh that trail the trailer just goes through and it shows clips obviously from when he's younger and as older um so i wasn't i didn't know this project was coming out and then when i watched the trailer i'm like well now i want to see it obviously us being batman fans we know he was batman and batman forever so we have that tied to him but Top Gun is a movie from my the 80s that obviously I love. He was in Heat, which is one of my yeah. favorite movies oh I've my ever God. seen. Yeah. Um, he's been in so many things. Um, yeah, man, it's just sad that what's happening with the throat cancer, but he still seems to have so much energy. At least that's what I got he from does. the trailer, right? It's it's just it's sad to see someone, you know, just take that fall. Um it, I, I got a little emotional. I kind of teared up a little bit at the end of that trailer because it's just you know, I grew up with Val Kilmer movies. Um, yep. he's the most underrated Batman of our generation. He never gets enough credit. Uh, his filmography is amazing. He, you know, he's, he's, he's an amazing, amazing actor. Everything I've seen him in is just utterly brilliant. And I can't wait to, you know, kind of look at the life through Val's eyes. And I'm sad that he's sick and I wish him nothing but the best. Um, you know, you know, it's just, Val Kilber brings back a lot of just great memories for me as a kid. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this and, you know, I just, <laughs> again, it's, it's, it's just, you know, I, I feel bad for Val. Like I, I don't normally feel bad for celebrities, but I, I, I feel like Val is one of the good ones, you know, like I, I, I don't think I've ever heard a bad thing about the man. Yeah. But he, he kind of hints to, in some of the dialogue he says during the thing is like, I've made, I've been a jerk in my life. Mm-hmm. He's like, but I've also been a very good guy in my life. Yeah. Like he tries, he kind of gives the That's whole, all of us. yeah. Like he kind of gives the whole, um, gamut of who he was as a, you know, as a guy, as a man and as an actor, but man, it was tough to watch the end parts with him. Yeah. Um, Just, that was tough to watch. You hear him talk through a voice box. I know. It's kind of like earth shattering. I mean, and it made me go and sit and like read through his filmography and everything he's been in. It's yeah, unbelievable. That's why, like, when he's cast as Batman, it's not like you know to go from Keaton to Val in some aspects. You know, when you hear that, it's almost an upgrade. Yep. Right. Like Val Cameron was huge. Yeah, the, he was. And he's done. Yeah, he's done a lot of things. He's. He's taken small roles like he's an he's a working man's actor like he doesn't need to be the star in everything. He'll you know, that's the, another thing you you find out about him. So 
Which is interesting because you always hear the opposite. Like, you know, he got fired from Batman forever. He didn't get along with Joel. But Yeah. So I'll be interested. I, and I'm curious to see if he, he discusses any of that. Like I said, he says, I've been a jerk in my life. I've been, you know, and I've been a good guy. Mm-hmm. So maybe that was his jerk period. Who knows? Um, But it was a, it's a very, very moving trailer. And now it's something that I want to watch. So yeah, if you guys want to check that out, it's going to be on Amazon Prime. It's on video soon. It's on the straight out of, the trailers on the straight out of Gotham Facebook pages, and it's also on our Twitter yeah. feed. So it, it's it's out there if you want to look at it. Most of the things we talk about on the rundown are actually links on the Facebook group. Yeah, and even some of the things we don't. Yeah, are are, are there. So uh, so yeah, guys, check that out. So I think that's it. Is anything else me. you could think of? No, I'm good. I'm really good. The All the right. Bucks lost, so Phoenix is up to nothing. I did see that. Yes, I did catch that they had lost. So, oh well, we'll see what happens. I mean, I'll, I'll always pray for a game seven. When, when I don't have a rooting right. interest, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't have a rooting interest ended in four. That's fine. <laughs> I can't well, deal well, with the Azure. If, if your team's on the bad side, you want it to end it. In four. I mean, well, who, who who roots for their team to lose in four? I know. I don't know, but some people just like putting the the team that wins the first game, they say they win in four. I see that a lot. Team wins game one, they're like, okay, they're winning in four. I'm like, you, you're young. Those people <laughs> obviously didn't watch the 2004 ALCS. Oh, why are you going to bring up old shit? I, <laughs> I watched a lot of those clips today because I've kind of erased them from my memory. <gasps> why Man, would you do that? I, was, I felt like, you know, experiencing pain. Aren't this year's Yankees pain enough? You want to add more? Uh, God, they're so speaking, bad. Oh man, speaking of which, I bought Bob Clappish. Clappish. I yes, bought his Bob book, Clappish. Uh, like Inside the Empire, Behind the Empire, something like that. I, I bought it today, and uh, apparently because they talk about Aaron Boone's job interview for, ah. for the Yankee job. So I'm, I can't wait to dig into that. And I, I hope it's as good as the Yankee years by uh, T- Joe Torre and Tom Berducci. That you book know what, was a brilliant You know what's book. weird about Aaron Boone? Uh, besides the fact that he's, he's kind of a controversial. Yes, he's your, and he's a controversial manager. He has one of the biggest home runs in Yankee history. I am. I, <laughs> well, it's funny that you mentioned that because I'm looking forward to see how time is is nice to Aaron Boone because yeah. – uh, you know, I don't think the man's going to get fired. I, I don't think he's coming back. His contract's at the up and the up at the end of the season, so I don't think he'll be back. But he did hit a huge home run to win a pennant. Yep. He's also been one of the worst managers in the history <laughs> of the Yankees. But so, like, I, is he going to come to old timers and get you? I can't completely blame him when he doesn't have all the power most managers have. And well, that's they, the issue I have. But I agree. But, but if his, in, his in-game strategy and and yes, the, the lack you, of like in-game awareness is on him. Yeah, you can definitely nitpick that part of it. But the fact that he doesn't get to make all the decisions that managers used to have to make in this book, Clappish says he doesn't even write the lineups; it's handed to him. Yeah, there's been talk. So, there's that's been talked about since he took over. Yeah. He got hired. That that was one of the things he had to agree with. That they, that they would figure out the lineup. Sorry, guys, we're doing a sports little thing now. But, um, yeah. So tell me what the book is like. Let me know when you're done reading. I, oh yeah, it, I so. haven't read it. I just got it today. But I'm I'm really uh, uh, what's it called? I follow this one account on Twitter. I think it's like at Grunt Talks MLB or something like that. 
and uh, uh, Sky Julian and his partner do a really good Yankee podcast. They're good fans, so if you're a Yankee fan, listen to them. And they they were they had Clapish on, and you know um, they interviewed him, and it was a really great interview. And like, it's quick; it was like 30, 40 minutes. And uh, they referenced the book a lot, and I was like, I got to read this book. If this is if you're as much of a boon hater as I am, <laughs> you can't read this book. But um, we'll see what happens. I'm very interested. Uh, they did lose today in Seattle, but they won the series. So if they keep winning two out of three, I can't really complain, but we'll see. Yeah, the pitcher is a rookie that beat them, and he's been great. Like, yeah. He's been really good this year. So I saw him. He, he kind of he, he, he had this like deceptive delivery and kind of a lot of moving parts, and they just didn't have it today. But I'll take the series win, and hopefully it's a step in the right direction. Yeah, they hit the crap out of the ball the first two games. I just I got a feeling this team is going to go on a little bit of a run. I hope so. <laughs> well, here's <laughs> I'm not that positive. They're going to go on enough of a run to the point where then they, they won't sell, and then the team is just mediocre for like the next two or three years, as opposed <laughs> to just tanking and selling now. But that, that, that they nice. pull you in, that you get excited again. And yeah, then, I feel like Michael Corley. Yep, but. yep, I feel you on that one too. I I do see something like that happening with the Yankees. But all so. right, let's wrap this up. My battery's about to die. I don't have my charger. I can't find my charger. All right, man. So plug. All right, here we go. Uh, follow me on social media, Instagram, Twitter, Zach Snyder's favorite view at uh, Pete Illustrated. Check out um, uh, my podcast that I co-host with the Crusoe, Sausage and Meatball, at Italians for Spider-Man, at Italians for Spidey, the Spider-Man, Italian Spider-Man podcast coalition. Check out my reviews on Batman on film. I got toy reviews. I got comic book reviews. I got interviews on Batman on film YouTube. Check them out. Zeddy, I've got interviews with uh, Terry McGinnis himself. Make sure you check that one out. I know you love Batman Beyond. Uh, so check all that stuff out. Uh, at Team Yellow Oval, uh, we are still basking in the glory of the Yellow Oval. We're very excited between Batman 89, the comic, and the Flash movie. Keaton's back, the most iconic Batman of all time. <laughs> I'm really excited for that. Uh, what else do I got going on? I don't know. Eric, you take it away. All right, guys. As you know, you can find me on Twitter at Finally33. That's both Finale33, also on Instagram. It's the same with the same handle. Uh, don't forget to check us out on Facebook with our Facebook um, show page for Straight Outta Gotham and the Facebook Straight Outta Gotham group where we interact with the fans and have fun and do all that fun stuff there. Um, as I mentioned, don't forget me and Garrett Grev will be hosting a podcast called From Here to Returnia, going over the new He-Man Revel- um, Revelation show and a little bit of Master of the Universe history there as well. So if that's everything, Pete. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That's it. So for Pete Vera, I'm Eric Holzman. You are listening to Straight Outta Gotham, and we'll see you next time. Booyah!